Hello and welcome. The name of this podcast series is Taboo Truths and Tales. So why these particular T words are all in the title, you may may want to know. Fair question. It's because this podcast deals with subject matter considered to be taboo. This podcast deals with a person's perception of truths. And this podcast deals with storytelling tales of fiction told by an individual. You need to choose for yourself what you perceive as truths versus tales because very often in real life that distinction is not crystal clear. This podcast is marked explicit. What that means, you should not listen to this podcast if you happen to be under the age of 18 or if someone under age 18 is listening there with you. Explicit means nobody under age 18 should be listening to this podcast series. So here we go. Taboo Truths and Tales is hosted by Madeira D'Souza. That's me. Some of you may know me by my nickname as Woody. Whatever you want to call me, I welcome you here to this podcast, which is definitely intended for people who are 18 or older. Thank you. Now let's get started. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I was uh, out in the desert all day yesterday on a shoot, so I'm a little sunburned in the face, but otherwise I'm okay. <laughs> now you moved to uh, Palm Springs area, right? In August, yes. Wow. So we, uh, we're well adjusted here and have settled in. We love it here. That's what I tell people. If you move to the desert in the month of August, you will have no illusions about what the weather is like. Oh, no. You know, I've been coming here for three years to shoot movies with Titan, uh, so I knew full well what I was getting into. It's, it's no surprise, and I like the heat. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like you. I don't... Um, the heat doesn't... Well, I mean, it is annoying if it gets to be 120 but uh, you know you right. do you do get used to it yeah you do after a while and, and you know Dallas would be 110 of course in Dallas it's a it's a humid um, and so I, I like the dryness here much better yeah they have a phrase out here um, it's a dry heat and uh, yeah <laughs> it certainly is. Well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a cliche, and it it does it's it, people say that they almost make fun of it. Um, they do, but um, I do like the weather. It sure beats the hell out of, like you said, like being in the humidity. And yeah, where you're outside for five minutes and the humidity, you're soaked. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, enough about the weather. I noticed that you say online that you never actually were a weatherman. Was there a rumor going around that that's what you did? I think that came from the fact of, uh, in news, I covered a bunch of hurricanes. So there's a lot of footage of me out there doing stories about hurricanes. And I think people assumed that meant I was the weather guy. I've never once done weather. Uh, I was the main anchor for several stations, but I never did weather. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm trying to do cannabis education, and hopefully people are listening who don't 
know a whole lot about cannabis and that if they listen, they'll gain some insight. So why don't you, and as I said to you when we prepared in advance the emails back and forth, you can tell me as much or as little as you want. And, uh, you know, I won't know what's what because I don't, I mean, you and I have met a couple of times here in Las Vegas, but it's not like I know you well and, you know, and I've, uh, I wouldn't be trying to protect you from revealing things. I don't know a lot of things about you, so it's up to you, whatever you want to say well, or I'm, not. I'm pretty much an open book, so <laughs> what you uh, see of me online is pretty much uh, true. So, well, how would anyway, you ask, ask away? Yeah, how would you? How did you? Um, what was your introduction in in the sense of in back in those days? Um, every it was illegal everywhere. And yet, people. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I didn't even ever try cannabis until about uh, six years ago. Uh, and let's see, I'll, I'll be 50 in November, so that would be, uh, what, 34? Uh, I'm at 44. <laughs> I'm trying to go back in time. So I tried cannabis at the first time uh, when I was about 44. Uh, and it was just a friend who said, hey, you know, do you want to hit off, off the joint type of thing? And um, unlike alcohol, I really liked it because uh, alcohol tends to make me sloppy and kind of uh, a little bit reckless and, and careless in the things I say. And weed um, just relaxed me and made me really mellow, and uh, it, it was nice. It was different. Um, and I come from a family of alcoholics, so I try to not drink to excess because uh, I've seen what that can do. Um, and so uh, cannabis, uh, from that point on, um, became a, a fun kind of recreational thing that I did to relax on occasion, um, maybe, you know, once or twice a week. Uh, more recently, since I've moved to California where it's legal, you know, I was living in Texas before, um, I've um, bought legal cannabis, uh, both the flower and the edibles, and for years and years and years, I took uh, Ambien and Lunesta to try and sleep, and now I either smoke a bit before bed or I do an edible about an hour before bed, and my sleep is better than it's ever been. I wish I had discovered that years ago uh, because I was able to throw all of those medications away and just do something that's natural, and I wake up feeling better than I've ever felt. Um, and so that's pretty much um, to the extent of my use. Sometimes if we're we're going out, and I know it's going to be an especially stressful social situation with people I don't know. Sometimes I'll have a, an edible or something beforehand, and it mellows me out enough that I can really be comfortable in the conversation. And it's, to some extent, when you get rid of some of those uh, inhibitions and worries you have, it allows you to be more of yourself. Um, and that's, that's the best part about it for me, that is being able to sleep finally. Yeah. I was just, um, well, I'm not sure, this is being recorded in the month of April, so I recently, in the month of April, went to an education session about how different elements of uh, CBD can improve your sleep, and uh, what you're saying is what they talked about in this uh, education, that you can give up all these prescription and over-the-counter meds that help people sleep, but they also can be habit-forming. And uh, so it is a move forward 
to switch to something cannabis-based to improve? Well, and, and, and so many of the sleep aids, the, the other problem with that is they give you a hangover. You wake up in the morning and you feel groggy, you feel fuzzy, and it's like, I don't want to feel that way in the morning. I want to feel refreshed and ready to start the day. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a big advantage. Well, and one of the, it was actually a medical doctor doing the presentation said, when you do cannabis, you wake up in the morning and you don't even know that you did use cannabis the night before to get sleep, which is exactly right. what you're saying, yes. Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, I since I've been doing it to, to sleep, I wake up refreshed and, and ready to go in the morning. It, it's, it's just great. Um, and I've been surprised. You know, the first time I went to the, the dispensary here, I had never purchased it legally. And I went to the guy and I said, you know, I have no idea what I want. Uh, can you help me? And he turned on the iPad and they have a 20-page catalog. I was like, I had no idea, you know, what I was getting into. But the, the guy uh, here in Palm Springs was very helpful and pointed me towards what I was looking for for sleep. And then another product that I was looking for for social. Uh, and both of those have been great. And every time I go in there, he's like, hey, uh, we've got this new product, whether it's an edible or a flower, which, would you like to try this? Um, and I think, you know, in terms of legalization, um, that's the big advantage is that uh, it's, it's controlled. There's a catalog. It's a, it's a real uh, product just like you would get in a store. And you have people who can help you and advise you. It's a whole lot better than, you know, buying from who knows who on the street and you're not really quite sure what you're getting. Yes. Now, do you go back to the same person in the dispensary uh, as a customer going in to a dispensary? Do you have a particular uh, bud tender that you talk no, to? I, re I really don't. There are several helpful people in uh, the place that I go is called Palm Springs Safe Access. And there are several people there that are very helpful and knowledgeable. And when you go into their um, secured uh, store, um, you know, you give your driver's license. And so they already know when you come in um, however many people are in there. And they only allow five at a time. But they know exactly uh, what you've ordered in the past. And so they can look up your ordering history and make suggestions based on that. And so by the time you come in the room... They already know your name and what you've previously ordered. Um, so that's very helpful in, in trying to figure out, you know, where you're going to go next. Yes, that sounds really good. Nevada is slightly different, um, but similar in the sense of showing ID. And actually in Nevada, I have a medical marijuana card, which is um, – I originally got that for pain, helping to control pain. You know, as you grow older, you get things like back pain and so forth. Um, right. And uh, and the the thing I didn't know, well, they started in Nevada with medicinal first, and then that worked out really well. And so they they started allowing recreational use. And the people who are in Nevada who use the recreational use of marijuana pay more in the same dispensary. So you get a discount for having the medical card, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. And I've been very surprised by the price of things. Um, I actually am paying less 
um, to buy it legally than I paid to buy it illegally when I was in Texas, and it's a better product. Uh, so I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had no idea what a bad deal I was getting in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and I go way back to the the '60s and the '70s when you know we never talked about things like the word strain. I don't believe I ever heard back in the day, and you never knew what you were buying. It was just, you know, it was green, <laughs> and you know, right. and yeah, it, that and could be anything. It could yeah. be, it could be oregano, you know. Um, yeah. So it's amazing to me how you know I grew up in the illegal for everyone era, and it's amazing to me in that sense to see the freedom that we have here in Nevada. I know you guys in California do too. Um, yeah. It's just like completely, like we have traveled into some future time where people are open-minded and, you know, it's a business. It's no longer back alley things where they had characters, shady characters selling his stuff and you weren't even sure what it was when you bought it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Totally what I like about going to the store is you're, you're absolutely sure what you're getting, and it's a good deal, and it's safe. You know, I, uh, I couldn't be happier with my experience with it here. Um, my younger partner, DJ, uh, he sometimes will uh, take it to sleep as well, um, and he has trouble winding down, and it's, it's definitely helped him. Yeah, the, the one thing that... Um is very difficult for older customers. You know, I'm, I set up training here in uh, Nevada to train employees of the dispensaries how to deal with older customers, meaning age 50 and up. Uh, because when you are uh, 50 and up, it means that you had experience back in the day um, with when it was illegal everywhere. And so your approach is a lot different. Um, people who are in their 20s and 30s today who go into a dispensary are usually not looking for medication to attack uh, a particular health issue. They're looking to have fun. You know, they're looking to get high, and that's a whole different sales approach. Right. And that is something... uh, Go ahead. I was going to say what's funny about our dispensary here, um, I was in there two weeks ago one afternoon, and there was not a person in there under 60. <laughs> yes. And I was kind of stunned by it. Um, but they're, as you say, they're not necessarily there just to get high. A lot of them are there for CBD oil or, or other things for ailments that they may have. Um, I, I think people sometimes are wrong when they make the assumption that, you know, it's just a bunch of older people in there looking to get high, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but a, a lot of times it's for different ailments. Yes, and but that's that's what I was that's what I have discovered, and the hard sell here in Las Vegas is to get younger people, employees, that is, to pay attention to how it is very different when you're dealing with people from the baby boom generation or from Generation X, uh, because the approach to cannabis is completely different for those two generations. And yes, people, pleasure is pleasure. Getting high is getting high. But 
the medicinal side is very important, and it's a new, quote-unquote, new thing for bud tenders who are very young to think about because they think about, uh, for the most part, I don't mean to stereotype, but they think about uh, cannabis for the pleasure of... Uh, right. Yeah. No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, we, we both know that there are tons of different uses for it, and yeah, certainly uh, recreational is one of them, but medicinal is a, is a huge market. Well, in the in jumping off of what you just said about um, fun versus medicinal, in the in the in show business, let's just say there's uh, concern has there's always been concern from the conservative side of our of our culture about what do like what does Hollywood represent? What does New York represent in the moral sense? And Cannabis usage in showbiz, Hollywood, New York, British Columbia, has uh, a reputation of being loose or having a lot of freedom about cannabis usage. And that, that bothers people who are conservative. Those who are not conservative, it doesn't bother at all. But right. since you have worked in both um, broadcast uh, you know, mainstream commercial news media, and as well in adult entertainment showbiz. How how do you see? What have you seen in the sense of cannabis use in those two uh, those two industries? Well, um, in, in terms of of adult movies, it's kind of difficult to say uh, who, who is using or who's not. Uh, because most of the, the studios I work with uh, have a fairly strict policy that there's no consumption of any substance allowed on set. With that said, um, you know, I'm sure that there's a number of performers that uh, use edibles or have smoked before they come to the studio or whatever in order to relax. Um, and that's kind of a, a don't ask, don't tell type of thing, even if the studio has an official no-substance use policy. Um, so in that aspect, it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> in the, the television news sense, um, I don't ever recall anyone, you know, uh, admitting use uh, on air or before air or anything like that. Now, does it happen? Probably. Uh, but, I've, you know, no one's ever said, yeah, I just, you know, I just smoked a joint. We're about to go on the air. <laughs> right. It certainly would be interesting, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would, they would turn out like... Uh... Some of the comedies we see, like the Anchorman uh, character. Probably. Yeah. Uh, I, do, I do remember years and years ago, my very first market, which was uh, Bakersfield, California. Uh, one night I was invited to, uh, to MC this dinner. And while I was at the dinner, uh, this is involving alcohol, I had three pretty strong drinks. And I remember coming back to the station and anchoring the, the 10 o'clock news and I just remember everything being funny. I mean, even things that shouldn't have been funny were funny. Uh, and I kind of I suspect it would be the same if I tried to go on the air after, or after smoking some. <laughs> yes. Well, let me ask you a question. This I just heard about, again, um, setting the context. We're recording this in the month of April 2019, and it was only uh, this month, April 2019, that I heard about a product, and the way they refer to it, 
outside when we talk face-to-face. They refer to it as an intimate product and that it was infused with cannabis. So what they're talking about is like KY jelly. I mentioned a brand name, but, you know, lubricants that people, men and women, use for sex. And wow. this this is in, infused with cannabis. So you have not you have not heard of this. I have never heard of that. That sounds fantastic. My goodness. <laughs> wow. Well, and it was a a woman that was telling me she's an entrepreneur, uh, a cannabis entrepreneur here in Las Vegas, and she uh, sells this particular thing, uh, this product, as well as other kind of odd things, like uh, odd to me, I don't know, um, cannabis-infused uh, fiber that you take like... Um, like Metamucil or something, you know, another brand name. But you take cannabis-infused uh, uh, bran or fiber, and it makes you regular and it makes you feel good in your tummy because of the CBD or whatever. That seems strange to me, but have you heard about wow. that that part of it? I you... have not. Okay. I have not. Of course, you know, we know with uh, anything topical or edible, um, it takes time to be absorbed absorbed into the system. Um, and that's something to think about. If you had a, a lubricant and you uh, you applied it, uh, it would probably take a while before it got into your system. And who knows, depending on on, uh, on how excited you are, it could all be over before it even takes effect. <laughs> well, and that, the one thing that what you're talking about, there are various classifications of how the body takes in, uh, in this case, cannabis. Now, the traditional, the original, the classic way was to smoke a joint, right? And then uh, a bong was developed, like a carburation, where you filtered the weed through water, and some people put alcohol, which is kind of strange. But So the bong, it was was still taking things through your lungs. Well, nowadays, it's not just through the lungs. They have vaping, as you've you've heard of that. Um, Also, you know, you inhale it and it goes into your lungs. But there's, as you mentioned, edibles, those you eat, and they do have to go through your digestive system, which takes longer and it may last longer, may last shorter, depending on what kind of person you are. But the other way, a couple of ways, is under the tongue, which uh, tincture, T-I-N-C-T-U-R-E, and it goes in faster than lungs, faster than uh, stomach. Interesting. Yeah, and they're, so they're selling these like eyedroppers, two forms, eyedropper, which you take this liquid and you use an eyedropper and you put it under your tongue and you don't swallow. You're supposed to let it sink in, so to speak, because it goes in faster. If you swallow it, it's back to the digestive path, which can be a delay. So under the tongue, and then it's a dropper, like you put liquid, or they have a spray as well, like a pump spray, and you just spray it under your tongue. And it goes in that way. So it's a brave new world. But what I'm talking about, intimate you know, like lubricant, a jelly or so forth. You know, I guess we can get graphic here because we're not on radio. Sure. Um, if you, you know, when you ingest, when a person ingests something through their rectum, it goes in a different way than uh, through yeah. the digestive system. So That's like the stories of, 
of, of guys uh, or girls, um, you know, injecting alcohol into the rectum, we know that that goes into the bloodstream much faster because it bypasses the liver. It's directly into the bloodstream. Yes. And, and I guess we can use the word suppository because that is a known word, and that is um, a tradition. Oh, yeah. My, my dispensary sells those. However, uh, they're generally sold out. So someone here at Palm Springs is using a lot of suppositories. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you I have not tried that. Yeah. But um, um, I'm a I'm a versatile guy. So sometime when I'm in the mood for that, I might give it a try. Well, the, the suppository is at least <laughs> this is telling too much, but my perception and my opinion is a suppository isn't a very fun thing to use right um, you're putting in essence a tablet or at least in the in the sense of medical suppositories you're putting a tablet or a capsule in your rectum these intimate products can be delivered using sex toys right so right. oh, yeah. you put the, not a suppository per se, you're putting an infused uh, jelly on a sex toy and then putting that in your rectum and that delivers it directly without it having to dissolve because it's already in liquid form or, or near liquid. So it's a brave new world that we're living in, isn't it? Well, there's lots of different ways. Uh, you know, to, to consume cam- cannabis and to use cannabis. Um, and I think as time goes on, uh, they'll probably find even, even more ways to use it. Um, I think what's exciting is, you know, something that has been around for centuries that we know is safe and we know has both medicinal and recreational uses is, is finally becoming available to the masses in a, in a really good way. Yes. This uh, Las Vegas entrepreneur, a woman, said to me, talking about the intimate products, that it improves your orgasm. And I, you know, I was like, wow, we're talking in public about orgasm. And it was kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume, you know, a woman's orgasm is different. I, I don't assume. I know that's true. But right. um, I, I presume, I guess I should say, that putting a topical, uh, you know, like a, a sex toy with infused uh, uh, cannabis products for a woman right. might make her orgasm better in the sense of, you know, like you said, relax and whatever. I don't know if it would work the same for a man, though, because men's orgasms are not the same, as, as you know. Right, right. No, no, that, that's true. That's a good question. Well, and I wonder, you know, nowadays, at least here in Las Vegas, they sell everything. <laughs> so I've yeah. I've seen billboards driving around about, uh, you know, I guess they're doctors, who knows? But they're you you see these two words, erectile dysfunction. You see that on a billboard in Las Vegas. I don't think you would see that on a billboard in Kansas City, you know, or other more conservative places. So, yeah, I, I, no, probably not. Yeah. Um, and I know in Las Vegas, you know, I, I stayed there recently, and they now have the, the cannabis delivery. You can have it delivered yes. to your hotel. Yes, yeah. Uh, 
we're not quite that advanced yet in Palm Springs, but I'm sure that's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was going for is I wonder in the sense of medication, and this would be something that you haven't experienced because you're relatively young, but once you get past 55, 60, men have been going to doctors for not only erectile dysfunction, but other, uh, uh, I guess you would say, sexual dysfunction based on prostate issues. So for me, it seems conceivable that there would be some way to infuse cannabis into, I don't want to call it a medication, but into some kind of product that men could use to improve their sex lives. Does that sound good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you could be the spokesperson for me. I would come up with... <laughs> <laughs> I would... You know, I'm always interested in anything that improves uh, my sex life. So, yeah, I would definitely try something like that. Yeah. Sure. Well, I remember the first time I I saw these, uh, you know, in essence, they're pumps that go on your on your dick, and they were described as uh, as making you bigger. You know, which we know that isn't true. I mean, it's bigger temporarily. Yeah. Um, but I remember as a teenager first reading about that, seeing that, and thinking, wow, a machine could make your cock bigger, and then it would stay bigger. But we know that doesn't happen. <laughs> yes, there's no such thing as, as permanent enlargement unless you've had uh, surgery. And in Sur- some cases, even that's not permanent. Right, yeah. and, th- and that's kind of creepy when you think about it. Um, but if there's a cannabis way, you know, not to make enlarge anything, but to um, enhance, let's use that word, uh, uh-huh. to enhance a man's uh, orgasms or, you know, like if he could keep an erection. You've seen the TV commercials, Viagra, for an erection lasting four hours or longer, you know. Right. <laughs> maybe they could make some kind of cannabis-infused uh, Viagra-type thing that wouldn't cause you to have a four-hour erection. Uh, like a like a combo-type pill or something. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, and you were saying to me in an email, you didn't think we'd have anything to think to talk about in this. Uh... <laughs> well, like I said, I have limited experience with it, uh, but um, the experience I have had with it has been amazing and not at all harmful in any way, other than... Um, I find I do tend to eat more, (laughs) which is a normal thing. Uh, But as someone, I mean, I consider myself to be a bodybuilder. And so that's a helpful thing because I have trouble eating enough. Yes. Uh, So, I mean, that's that's a a very good thing. I just have to remember to have lots of healthy food around. Now, you said somewhere online that you started working out – weightlifting and so forth, bodybuilding, around the age of 20 and that you haven't missed more than just a few days over the years. Tell me about that. Yeah, I've been, I've been lifting for uh, 27 years, and in 27 years I've missed a total of 52 days, including weekends and holidays. So I'm, I'm pretty dedicated to that. Yeah. Uh, and people ask me, you know, uh, you know, sometimes at parties and things, do you want to try this or that drug? And uh, I would say uh, I like things that enhance my body and help me feel better and look better rather than things that destroy my body. Yes. Uh, and so cannabis is definitely one of those things that I feel like uh, has helped me in a number of ways, you know, rather than being detrimental like 
alcohol can be, or like uh, smoking cigarettes might be, yes. or can be, I should say. Well, and, and I personally have known uh, bodybuilders, you know, young guys, 20s and 30s, who um, not didn't use cannabis, don't use cannabis, but they turned to uh, steroids. And uh -huh. their bodies, yes, it's a shortcut. I mean, you drop, uh, your body fat index drops and you lose weight. But it makes the male body look different and I think unnatural. Uh, it, it's, if, uh, it really depends on, on the amount. Um, I've been doing testosterone replacement for about 15 years, uh, and that's a steroid. Uh, however, I don't do it to the excess to where it causes um, the kind of distortion that you're talking about. Uh, most people would look at me and assume that, I, that I'm all natural, um, and I'm not in the sense that I have had testosterone prescribed and used it for a number of years under a doctor's supervision. Uh, but, you know, the, the male body, just like the female body after age 40 and certainly after 50, our testosterone levels decline just like their estrogen levels decline. And I think pretty much all men over 40 um, should be considering some kind of testosterone therapy, um, again, under a doctor's supervision and not to excess, um, because the whole thing is, you know, why should we get frail and feeble, just like women? Why should women uh, lose their sex drive and their femininity? Um, you know, we can benefit from hormone replacement as well. Now, obviously, there, there are risks with it, and one of the risks is, uh, is prostate enlargement, uh, prostate cancer if you're taking too much of it. Uh, but that's something a doctor can easily monitor. Yes. Well, I'm glad you said that because... Um that's very good advice coming from someone who knows and, you know, you've lived um, um, many years. You're not just starting out in the, um, taking, you know, as a bodybuilder, taking care of your body. And I would echo what you say, what you said. I don't, to look at pictures of you or to see you in person, you don't look like someone who is, uh, is, is not all natural. You have a very, uh, you know, you look, I think you have a high credibility in that sense because many of the bodybuilders I knew who were taking steroids end up looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're overly muscular, it looks kind of uh, distorted. Right. No, I agree with you there. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your talking to me. This has been, uh, I think, well, fun for me. I, I really enjoyed hearing your story and the experiences that you've been through. Uh, and I hope that you uh, enjoyed talking to me today to share. Likewise, what, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope it's been helpful, and I hope um, whoever hears this will benefit from it as well. Um, you know, I think um, when, I, when I tell people now, especially some of my more conservative friends, about my cannabis use, um, there's, they're not nearly as critical as they were, say, five, even ten years ago. Um, it's interesting, you hear on the radio that the former House Speaker John Boehner is now promoting uh, his cannabis business. And of all people, if a conservative Republican goes into the cannabis business and is promoting it on the radio, you know things have changed. Yes. <laughs> so, but he recognizes, just like you know, anyone, that there's, there's also a lot of money to be made in the business. Yes. Well, and I think in the case of Boehner, that he is uh, 
someone who allowed his intelligence and his interest in um, making money um, become as important as any kind of values that he may have acquired yeah. over the years. Whereas many cons yeah. many conservatives don't ever change their values because they just don't change their values, and that's one of the things They're that kind of stuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was su surprised to hear about Boehner. That just blew my little <laughs> mind. Yeah, the first time that that came on the radio, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like something that Saturday Night Live would do as a joke. Yes. And it's yeah. not a joke, it's a real thing, and you know, so. Well, you do have to wonder, uh, you know, is he just in the business or does he consume too? I know. <laughs> I would have to say, you know, everyone I have known who is in some way connected to the right. cannabis industry is a person who also uses it. Um, I, I just find it impossible to think that someone would say, oh, I just want to make money, and they never have used it. It just doesn't compute for me. I agree. Yeah. Jim, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. I'm glad I got to meet you uh, in person a couple of times here in Vegas. And Absolutely. Ne next time you're here again, hopefully we can uh, we can see each other because it's, it's always yeah. fun. Always fun to see you. Find out more about this topic. Go online to the website, tabootruthsandtales.com. That's tabootruthsandtales.com. Taboo Truths and Tales is hosted by Madeira D'Souza. That's me. Thank you.